live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. Streaming live on 1037 The Game mobile app and online at 1037thegame.com. This is the Jordy Holtberg Show. Hey, baby, we're going to be here all day. Call us up at 337-706-0111. I like this kind of party. Now, here's your host, Jordy Holtberg. A great good afternoon. How are you? Wherever you are, thanks so much for joining us on this Tuesday, March 15th, the year 2022. St. Patty's Day right around the corner. The NCAA tournament gets underway today. Former LSU head coach now with Texas Southern, Johnny Jones, has his club back in the dance. They're in the play-in game. Two games in Dayton, Ohio today, and then the tournament begins in Ernest. Um, LSU, of course, will open up Friday in Milwaukee against Iowa State. We'll talk hoops. There's lots of job openings in the SEC at Florida, at Missouri, at LSU, at South Carolina. Um, am I missing one? Well, Georgia's already been filled with uh, Mike White from Florida. So um, th- lots of openings there. Um, Adam Spencer, Saturday Down South, will join us. We'll talk uh, SEC hoops, NCAA tournament hoops with him. Travis Hines covers Iowa State, the Cyclones, for the Des Moines Register. He'll give us a scouting report on LSU's opening round uh, opponent in this hour. And Courtney Pelliquin. Usually it's a wellness and fitness Wednesday, but she has a she has something else that's going to take her time on Wednesday. So we're not going to miss it. We're going to keep you in gear. We're going to find out, hey, look, it's crawfish season. We like to have fun. Does that mean we have to go cold turkey with everything? And I mean with everything. Courtney's going to explain um, the the do's and don'ts where we can still have some fun and uh, enjoy our great food and our great lifestyle. So we'll talk with Courtney um, later on in this hour. In hour number two, the Pels. Um Right there in the 10th spot, just a game behind the, the the floundering Lakers, a game and a half ahead of the tanking Portland Trailblazers. Um, we'll talk to Christian Clark about the Pels, what's been the response with Zion back hanging around the team and all that. And then Bob Rose of the Saints News Network will join us. Uh, lots to talk about in the NFL. Marcus Williams, the Saints safety, uh, is gone. He's agreed to a 70 million million dollar contract with the Ravens. Yes, the Saints are very interested, have made an offer, have met with Deshaun Watson, as have the Carolina Panthers. And apparently tomorrow, the Atlanta Falcons will also meet up with this highly coveted quarterback who um, has had some serious off-the-field issues. But if the Saints didn't believe that they had a shot at this and things would work out, they wouldn't be wasting their time. So um, we'll talk with, with Bob Rose about all of that and how big of a blow is it to lose a Marcus Williams, and does that open up the door for the Honey Badger? Speaking of a former Tiger, LSU Tiger Andrew Whitworth uh, has decided to go on top. He's retiring from the Los Angeles Rams after 
the Super Bowl win. LSU baseball gearing up for SEC play. Tonight, they'll take on the two-lane green wave. Uh, one more tune-up before they start playing for for keeps and Jacob Berry. Um, can he continue this pace? He's been named one of collegiate baseball's national players of the week. Tulane comes to the box. They have lost four straight uh, and they're looking to bounce back against LSU. They seem to play to the level of their competition. They lost a weekend series to Evansville, but whenever they play the big boys, they seem to, uh, seem to play and to play very, very well. So so we'll see what the big-time environment does uh, for LSU. They, they had a series uh, win against Mississippi State at home at Turchin Stadium. Um, so there you go. This is the first time LSU and Tulane have played since 2018. Their first pitch will be at 6.30 this evening. They had a dispute between the two schools that ended their annual home and home games in 2019. Of course, the COVID-19 pandemic wiped out their 2020 medium in Baton Rouge and last year's matchup in New Orleans was rained out. So they'll try and get this thing in the way things looked earlier today. Sheesh, that didn't look very good. Uh, but the weather's clearing up and it should be good to go for baseball tonight at the box. Uh, yes, indeed. So um, Freddie Freeman looks like he is uh, out as an Atlanta Brave um, in the latest uh, issues going on. It looks like a Carlos Correa reunion in Houston. Um, for some time, the expectation, the Astro lifer would sign elsewhere this winter, but, but perhaps that was a uh, hasty conclusion. According to Ken Rosenthal, the Astros plan to make a new offer to free agent Carlos Correa. Um, and his potential return is creating buzz in the camp. Players can't stop talking about it. The Astros are going to win another pennant, um, and they want to keep their World Series aspirations alive. They got to figure out a way to re-up with Correa. Um, plain and simple. Uh, the Braves' recent trade for Matt Olson from Oakland at first base means that their franchise legend, Freddie Freeman, will be playing elsewhere next season. And, of course, the big boys, Dodgers, Yankees, Blue Jays, Rays, are already known to be interested. Now you can add the Boston Red Sox to that ever-growing list. So baseball um, is back and trying to make up for, for lost time as the players were all locked out, but they are uh, looking to go and, and, and get things uh, happening along those lines. So um, a week from today, March 22nd, Brian Kelly will hold a spring practice preview press conference. Two days later, March 24th, LSU will hold its first spring practice for those in the media um they'll get more access than in recent years typically the media was only allowed the first 15 or 20 minutes of individual drills which uh really was a waste of time this year there's going to be a couple of days where the media can stay the entire practice and multiple days with extended viewing also, there'll be interviews with not just the head coach, but all three coordinators will have their day in the sun in front of the microphone. So uh, there you have it.
So, you know, you as LSU football fanatics that are out there, you'll be able to hear more and get more info on uh, on this LSU football season. And with all eyes, obviously, on the quarterback position. Um, the immediate future of LSU men's basketball, who knows? Who knows how they're going to um, respond to this? I have no idea. Personally, I've never been involved in a situation. Darius Days has, was involved in this. No other player on the team has been through the same situation where you're playing in an NCAA tournament without your head coach. And how will they, how will they do it? Everybody wants to know, what is the NOA, the notice of allegations, what is it going to mean for LSU football? I think LSU basketball is going to get hammered, hammered. I think Will Wade will get a five-year show cause. Um, I think LSU will get uh, a postseason ban. I think they'll lose some scholarships. I think they're going to have a whole bunch. I think the whole cabinet is going to vacate, and they're going to have to start anew, which makes it very difficult for hiring a new head coach. Very difficult. Now, I know money talks, and a coach could have a couple of years of, okay, we're not going to be so good. We got to go through this together, and then we got to build it back up and build it back up. That tells me you got to get a young up and comer. To me, I don't see a, a, a Scott Drew, although I love him. I would certainly make him tell me no, but why would Scott Drew leave Baylor and what he's got going on there for a rebuild, unless he's just very tired of, of Waco? I don't know. Um, coach Bennett of Virginia, great coach. If he can win at Virginia, my gosh, with their academic standards, um, they're the Vanderbilt of the ACC, and he's already won a national championship. He'd be terrific. But does he want to leave that and come here and have a rebuild and start all over? I don't know. I don't know the man. Um, so we'll see. Um, I think football, something's going to happen. To them again, maybe an additional postseason band, maybe some more scholarship limits. But the good news for LSU is all of those that were implicated with that, they're out the window. They're gone. And LSU's starting anew. At least LSU did do a little self-imposing for themselves. So I don't think they'll be anywhere close to what basketball's going to get. Basketball's going to get hammered hammered without question without doubt okay um the ncaa tournament begins in earnest are you ready to feel the excitement of the of the ncaa tournament dance like never before turn your team's victory into your own big win with DraftKings sportsbook one of america's top rated sportsbook apps new customers can bet five dollars on any team to win their game and get two hundred dollars in free bets if they do it's that simple if they win you win DraftKings sportsbook customers can also bet on college hoops with same game parlays Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code 1037GAME. Bet $5 on any college hoops team. There's 68 of them left. 
to win their game and get $200 in free bets if they do. So if they win, you win with promo code 1037GAME this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 or older, physically present in Louisiana. Availability varies by parish. Eligibility restrictions apply. Minimum $5 deposit. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles. Gambling problem? Call one 877 Stop. All right. Where does the LSU job rank? I, if, if there was nothing off the court, LSU would be right at the top of the heap. With all the things off the court, LSU's the least attractive job on the table, in my opinion. We'll talk with Adam Spencer about all the openings in the conference and his thoughts on how many SEC teams are going to survive and advance and move on and maybe get all the way to New Orleans in the Final Four. That's coming your way next. The Jordy Hultberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041. Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Jordy Holtenberg is known far and wide as the Blonde Bomber. For the perfectly feathered golden mane he rocked back in the day at LSU. Just let your soul go. Just let it shine the hair may not be as golden or as long, but Jordy is still making a name for himself. Back to more of the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back. Time to talk some hoops. Adam Spencer, Saturday down south. We've got college openings at Florida, Missouri, LSU, and South Carolina. Georgia was filled when Mike White left Gainesville to head to Athens. Adam, um, man, crazy times in this league. How have you been, sir? I've been uh, busy with all, with all this coaching news, and uh, you know the the madness hasn't even really started yet. So uh, you know we'll see how we'll see how these next few days go for us too. I got to believe that Florida is the pick of the litter with all the things that are happening off the court at LSU. Would that be the highest ranked uh, job in order of these four that are available? Yeah, I think I think Florida is definitely the the top far and away. Um, and then you know you might not like it, but I think right now of the of the four, LSU is the one that is probably wow. lowest on the list just because yes. of those issues that you mentioned yes. that are looming over the program. Uh, you know that's that's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to hire a big name because you know a big name coach is going to want to win right away, and uh, that might not be possible these next two years. And it might even if the regular season goes well these next couple years. You know, who knows what the NCAA decides as far as can this team compete in the postseason. So, you know, there's a lot of questions there. And, uh, you know, it would be nice to have some answers before a new coach has to be hired. But we know that the NCAA works at its own uh, snail's pace. So so we will will certainly see. Exactly. It's tough to hire a coach when you don't even know what your penalties are going to be. Is this just an NCAA um, sanction or does the SEC have the right to say, you know what, man, y'all, y'all did so screwed up so bad. We're not, we're going to ban you from playing in, in our conference tournament. Is that, is that something that's possible? I mean, it's possible. I, I don't see that, uh, that it would happen because, you know, at that point, I think that it, the SEC would, uh, would tend to have the almighty dollar favored, um, yeah. you know, and not having LSU play in a conference tournament. 
because of something that happened for a coach that's no longer there and players who aren't there anymore. You know, I, I don't think that the SEC would go gotcha. that route. I think that it has the capability to go that route, but because of money and because Will Wade's gone, you know, and maybe that was a message sent there too. Maybe the SEC's like, hey, you know, if you keep Will Wade around, we're going to have to do something uh, regardless of how long it takes the NCAA to, to do something. So, you know, there might be something like that that went on behind the scenes. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, there's just a lot of I don't knows around uh, LSU right now, and that's not what you want heading into an NCAA tournament and heading into a coaching search. Yeah. Um, Darius Days is the only LSU player that's been through this scenario where we're getting ready to start the what we've worked so hard to get to, and our coach isn't going to be there. We're going to have an assistant coach take over. All these other kids haven't been involved, and I, I, I don't know how anybody's going to react to something like this because I, I haven't experienced it myself, so I have nothing to base it upon. I, as much as they say it's not, I know it is a distraction. Everywhere they go, they're, they're asked that. They're talked about the that so uh so we shall see um a&m gets snubbed so did tennessee although one of them's in the tournament but i thought they were seated uh i thought tennessee should have been seated higher than they were and i yes i have some sec bias but i thought a&m had done what you deserve what what deserved to be enough to get into the tournament agree or disagree oh absolutely um you know tennessee I think that they should even be, I know they're mad. I think that they should be even madder though, because not only should they have not been a two seed or a three seed, I mean, they should have been the top two seed. Yeah. They, it was between them and Kentucky based on resumes for that top two seed spot. And, you know, spoiler alert, I have Kentucky going to the final four out of that group because I think, Baylor is uh, a vulnerable one seed, and I think that that should have been Tennessee's spot as the top two seed. And, you know, you put Tennessee in that group, and now all of a sudden I have Tennessee going to the Final Four. And, uh, you know, now now they run into Arizona, a team that I got to look at firsthand in Las Vegas over the weekend. And Arizona's good. Arizona is real good. They have some – they have two or three NBA players on that team. They have – a lottery pick in Ben Matherin and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Tommy Lloyd is a, is a heck of a coach. And, uh, yeah, that's, that, that ended up being a tough draw for Tennessee all of a sudden, and they shouldn't have been in that position and they should, they should be even madder than they are really, because this could end up have costing them a trip to the final mm-hmm. four. Yeah, Adam Spencer, Saturday down south. Auburn's not going to be able to play on their home court. Um, you get them away from that noise and that environment. It, sometimes it's tough. Um, man, their guard play is sporadic and erratic. I'm not, you know, Jabari Smith is terrific. Kessler is terrific. But the other three, either they're it's feast or famine to me. And that's what scares me about Auburn. You're one bad shooting game away from being bounced out of it. What What are your thoughts on Auburn? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think Auburn's being a little bit undervalued now because people uh, have seen how they struggle. And you're right, one bad shooting night, they're done. But uh, you know, they they still went 15 and three in uh, in SEC play. So you know, yeah. they're they're still a really good team. And I and I feel like some people are filling out their brackets as if Auburn's like a seven seed. I mean, I I think that 
you know, I'm biased against Kansas as a Missouri guy, so I'll never pick them to go to the final four. But, uh, you know, I, I think, I, I think Auburn has a, has a real chance to, to keep going. Uh, you know, they have Jabari Smith. One thing that I would do, you know, in that Mississippi State game that, uh, they went into overtime before Katie Johnson took over the last shot of regulation, you know, Wendell Green dribbled it up the court and like just, it took him until there was like 1.2 seconds left to right. get the ball into Jabari's hands. And right. then by then it was a launched three from beyond the arc with two guys in his face. And of course he missed that shot. So something I would like to see in this tournament is not every time, you know, he doesn't have to be a LeBron James type point forward, but I would let him, I would let him bring the ball up the court sometimes. I would you know, he's certainly talented enough and, uh, you know, let him work the, the two man game with, uh, with Walker Kessler every now and then, uh, you know, Wendell Green does it really well, but, uh, you know, let Jabari take on some different roles. He's versatile enough. And, uh, I think if you really unlock him, I mean, he's been scoring really well. We've seen that. We know he's good on defense. We know he can rebound, but, you know, let's see if he can facilitate the offense a little bit more. Um, and, you know, work his own shot, get Walker Kessler some open looks. And, uh, I think that that could unlock Auburn for a deep, March Madness run. Okay. Adam Spencer, kind enough to join us. So who is in your final four? I've got Gonzaga and Arizona. I think that, you know, this is a situation kind of like last year where Gonzaga and Baylor were the clear top two seeds. I think Gonzaga and Arizona are the two clear top teams this year. So I have both of them advancing, um, you know, Gonzaga beating Arkansas in the elite eight and, uh, or in the, Sweet 16, I guess, and then Tennessee losing to Arizona in the Elite Eight, and then okay. I have Kentucky and Auburn, and then wow. I have uh, Kentucky beating Arizona in my final. So I have Kentucky wow. as national champions, and uh, you know we'll we'll see from there. But uh, I really like I really like this team, and uh, I think that they're going to be surrounded by fans wherever they go. So I think that that's going to be an edge for them. Very high on Kentucky, and been high on them very very all year long. Let me ask you. Um, did Mike White leave Florida to get ahead of the posse? And why why was Georgia so quick? What what connect is there a connection there uh with White and Georgia? What 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 do you think happened there? Yeah, I'm not sure. I just keep checking the I saw it from a John Rothstein tweet first and I was convinced he was either hacked or it was a fake account. You know, I <laughs> I think he did. I think he did see the writing on the wall that like I don't think Florida was going to fire him this off season because he had an $8.1 million buyout or something like that. And, you know, they just paid a bunch of money for Dan Mullen not to coach there anymore. Mm -hmm. So, you know, maybe, maybe they were a little bit wary of that. Um, But, you know, I thought maybe if he did stick around, but yeah, next year is going to be a lame duck season kind of, because if he doesn't make the NCAA tournament and the deep run, then he was going to be gone for sure after next year. But uh, I thought that maybe that would, line up with potentially his alma mater, Ole Miss, opening up because Kermit Davis is going to enter next year on the hot seat. This year he had the injuries to deal with, but, uh, you know, that was still a disappointing effort. And so next year I think Kermit Davis enters the year on probably the hottest seat in the SEC, depending on this Ben Howland situation and if he's back or if he's gone, you know. But, uh, yeah, I think that there's – I think that it was it was a strange move to go to Georgia, and it was a strange move for Georgia too, um, because you know what you're going to get out of Mike White. He's going to take you to a respectable program, but he he doesn't have the 
that he can raise the floor of the Georgia program, but he's not going to raise your ceiling to a to an elite eight team or anything like that. So right, right. I just thought it was a strange move by Georgia, but uh, you know they can't they they can't stick around in the cellar for much longer. And Mike White's not going to have you in the cellar at least. So um, maybe yeah. that's all. Maybe that's all they want. And uh, if so, then Mike White's a good fit. Andy Kennedy to Mississippi State would they would they dare do that the former Ole Miss coach who left and now he's done he's got UAB in the tournament um he's from he lived he grew up about 25 miles from Starkville what do you think of that fit I mean I would have said I would have said no before uh before we had another rivalry line cross you know we just saw Mike White go to Georgia so you right. know now I think Andy Kennedy would be a great fit there. And, uh, you know, he has the buffer of working in the media for a couple of years, and now he's doing great work at UAB. You know, I have I have UAB as a potential Sweet 16 team. I think that they beat Houston because Houston's so banged up. I think yeah. that they take down Houston in the first round is one of the 5-12 upsets. And then I think Illinois is a very vulnerable team. You know, we saw last year that they lost to Loyola Chicago in the second round with a lot of expectations. Well, this is mostly that same team without Io Desunmu. So, you know, mm-hmm. I think I think UAB is uh, is a pretty trendy uh, potential Sweet 16 team, and maybe if they make a Sweet 16 run, maybe you know I've heard from some Mississippi State fans who are like, "Oh, no way, we should hire Andy Kennedy." It's like, okay, but like if he didn't coach at Ole Miss, you wouldn't be saying that. And and we'll see if he can make an NCAA tournament run and uh, sort of silence some of the critics in Starkville there. Money talks. We all know that. LSU will offer a lot of money. They'll understand that um, it may be a couple of years, but uh, in today's times, a couple of years to sit back and, uh, you know, and, and try to build something up. We'll see. We'll see what uh, Scott Woodward does. But in the meantime, Adam Spencer, the tournament starts tonight. Enjoy. And thank you so much for your time as always. Yeah, I'll talk to you soon, Jordy. It's going to be a you busy week, I'm sure. <laughs> All right, my friend. Thank you. Adam Spencer, Saturday down south. We'll take a quick time out here when we come back. Scouting report on the Cyclones of Iowa State here on the Jordy Helpert Show. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. We are the game. We are back 33 minutes after the hour. Friday night, the LSU Tigers will take on the Iowa State Cyclones in their first round matchup in the NCAA tournament. It'll take place at around 6.30 in Milwaukee. The Cyclones are an 11 seed. And joining us now is Travis Hines, who covers the Cyclones for the Des Moines Register. Uh, Travis, thank you so much for your time, buddy. Uh, What's the excitement level? in Ames, Iowa and surrounding areas? You know, it is pretty pretty high because after last year, we're a really proud program at Iowa State and a proud fan base went 2-22, and finished yeah. out not winning a Big 12 game and losing 18 straight games to get back into the NCAA tournament in year one Amazing. of a new coaching regime. Yeah. I think people are really, really excited with how quickly things were able to be turned around because it really did look like a three, four, five-year type rebuild with how poor things went last season. So for to get a kind of a native son in T.J. Otzelberger, who spent a lot of time as an assistant at Iowa State at the helm and to have immediate success, people are really excited. 
Oh, he's not buying. He doesn't have to pay for any meals in that town at all. What What was the secret? I know you got to get good players. And you got a Penn State transfer in Isaiah Brockington, but what did Otzelberger do to turn this thing around so quickly? You know, I think they got a lot of buy-in right away to play a style that's not exactly exciting, that's not exactly sexy, and is not exactly going to you know, entice a lot of high-level offensive players. But the players okay. that they did get bought into a defensive-first system that really put an emphasis and premium on physicality, toughness, and turnovers. And they really were able to implement that over the summer and hit the ground running in, you know, really in game one, and they were able to run through their non-conference schedule. You know, some of it is luck and timing. You know, they played a Memphis team that I think got a lot better as the year went on. They played right. a Xavier team that was down a couple starters. Uh, they, they beat an Iowa team who clearly wasn't playing their best basketball in December. So they did get a little bit of luck in having the dominoes fall like they did, and then they were just able to grind out enough victories in the Big 12 to secure an 11 seed. So I don't know that there was anything – there's no secret or mystery other than playing tough-nosed basketball and getting guys, you know, that really had, you know, come from all over the place and maybe not on their last chance, but certainly they were not highly recruited in most cases to come together and, you know, really put it together here over the course of an entire season. Um, Travis, Travis Hines, DeMorne, regular. This, this sounds like a matchup of two teams that are very similar. Defense first, turn make make teams turn the ball over uh, to generate your offense. But when you get in the half court offense, uh, struggle a little bit. That uh, for both teams, um, it seems like these are two kind of balanced clubs along those same lines. Yeah, without a doubt, and I think that's been actually when Iowa State's had to go strength versus strength with teams, I'm thinking Baylor, I'm thinking Texas Tech in the Big 12. That has not worked out well for them. Even Oklahoma State kind of tries to do something similar to that and held Iowa State to 36 points at home just a couple weeks ago. Iowa State only had 42 in Kansas City at the Big 12 tournament uh, just last week against Texas Tech. So really when they're playing a team, that is kind of a mirror image of themselves that does not historically bode well for them because you know really offensively they've got Isaiah Brockington and then it's hoping other guys are making shots and for the most part those guys have not made shots so I mean really when you look at this matchup I think all things being equal you would tilt towards LSU but the great variable there is you know what you know, what's the state of LSU basketball right now with all the yeah. the controversy Amen. turmoil and change that's going on uh, in your guys's neck of the woods yeah, and that's a great point and a great question that nobody has the answer to. And if they say they do, well, they're uh, they're fibbing. I can tell you that. How far is Ames from Milwaukee? It's about a five-hour drive, and oh, I okay. think you know when you look at in terms of the fan support, it'll be significant. You know, T.J. Otzelberger, Iowa State's head coach, is born and bred Milwaukee. Their starting point guard, Tyrese Hunter, is from Racine, which is just about okay. thirty minutes yep. south of Milwaukee. And Iowa State has really had kind of a parade of really high-level players come down from Wisconsin, come down from Milwaukee, you know, really in the last 10 years. But just look, you know, Tyrese Halliburton, lottery pick from Oshkosh, Wisconsin, just two years ago. Matt Thomas yeah. is playing for the Bulls from Onalaska, yeah. Wisconsin, and the list goes on. That has been a place where Iowa State has had a ton of success bringing in players, and I would imagine uh, taking fans to now is going to be something uh, that they're looking forward to. Yeah, I think that's going to be an overwhelming uh, advantage for Iowa State in in that regard. I'm just kind of curious. I, I, I've always been a big fan of uh, Iowa State. Um, 
I, I, I like their players. Um, who's the guy that's playing for, um, oh, gosh, Milwaukee now? What's his name? Um, shoot. Anyway, regardless, I, I, I was stunned what happened a year ago. What happened to Steve Prom? What, what happened there? I mean, I think the biggest thing is their recruiting essentially fell off a cliff. They had a couple of wow. empty classes after a really good class. And that You look back at that 2018 class, half of it is now playing in the NBA with Taylor Horton Tucker with the Lakers and Halliburton with Indiana. But after that, it was a lot of guys that either didn't see the floor, transferred away, or just weren't good enough. And they weren't able to plug the holes with transfers, and it really spiraled. And then you look at you know what happened last year coming into that season with having limited availability because of COVID with a bunch of new guys that probably weren't all that talented to begin with, it all just kind yeah. of spiraled. And it had been, you. you know, really the last four years, things had gone not very well and it just hit a pretty incredible rock bottom last uh, spring with that yeah. two and 22 season. Oh, Horiberg had him going for a while. Then he had to go and taste that uh, that NBA thing for a while. Now, now he's back in Nebraska. So anyway, um, you talk about defense. What is is are the Cyclones? Do you pick them up full court? Is it strictly a man to man half court defense? What do they do? Yeah, they'll play the no middle half court defense, where they'll really try to keep teams out to the outside, force some okay. baseline, and keep them out of the painted area. What they really Real would Bobby like Knight. to do and were excellent at early on in the season were creating turnovers. You know, maybe not at an LSU level, but really close. There was you know, a time, I want to say, into early January where they were second or third in the country in turnover rate. That's fallen off as they've gone through the Big 12 schedule, but in a perfect world, they're going to be out contesting passing lanes, doubling the post, and really trying to generate turnovers you know, to get into transition and take some of that pressure off what's been a pretty weak half-court offense. What does uh, Coach Otzelberger say about LSU, uh, the, the, the product on the court? Take away all the peripheral things with, with no Will Wade and all that. What does he say about LSU's club? Yeah, I think, you know, initially when they got the, the draw and they went and just looked at the stats, I think what we talked about earlier is really what jumped off the page to them, that this is a team that looks like they want to do a lot of the things that Iowa State wants to do with the way mm-hmm. that they're defense first, with the way that they make the opponent turned the ball over. And again, that, that has not been a great matchup for Iowa State. So I think that's what they're concerned about. And it's really, I think, going to be, can they impose their will defensively and can they get just enough offensively in the half court to, to ring out enough points here? But I do think that they recognize you know, that when you look at on the floor, LSU does a lot of things that have caused them problems throughout the season. Uh Brockington, the Penn State transfer, by far your best scorer. Tell me about him. What 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 does he do well? He's really an incredible throwback. You know, he doesn't shoot it from three really great. He doesn't get to the the rim all that often. He really makes his money in the mid range game, and it's okay. it's a thing that is you know really kind of astounding to watch because that get, that shot has gone so far away in basketball. But he is really <laughs> yes. you don't want many guys shooting it, but of the guys you do, he's certainly at the top of the list. I think he shoots, you know, right around fifty, fifty five percent in that mid range. He's not super tall at about six foot four, but he's got length and he really elevates on his jumper. So you don't see that shot really ever get blocked. He can go to it off the dribble, a little bit off the post up, but it has just been, you know, really Iowa oh. State's most dynamic weapon offensively and uh something that there no team has really had a ton of success in stopping consistently, you know, outside of a couple instances. 
Averaging 17 points a game, seven rebounds, uh, a steal, 37, 38% from three. The the Big 12 Newcomer of the Year. I can't wait till Friday. I can't thank you enough for hopping on board with us, man. Safe travels at those five hours from Ames to um, to Milwaukee, but enjoy it. And we'll see uh, who survives and advances, man. It should be a good one. Yep, thanks. I appreciate you having me on. All right, that's Travis Hines of the Des Moines Register, um, a team that uh, Iowa State defense first. It, it's the old, it's the old Bobby Knight Indiana defense where they want to keep you out of the middle. They want to force you sideline. They want to fi- force you baseline. So it's basically another defender guarding you. That's their premise. That's what Bobby Knight lived off of for years and years. We'll take a quick time out here. Um, but first, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, the game wants to give you a chance to score the ultimate crawfish boil. Brought to you by J&J Exterminating, Kramer Equipment, and Cody's Crawfish. You can win two sacks of live crawfish, a pot burner, ice chest, tumbler, chairs, $500 Visa gift card, and tickets to an Astros game. Sign up today for the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. So you can score the ultimate crawfish boil from JJ Exterminating Kramer Equipment, Cody's Crawfish in the Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Fitness, wellness, Courtney, Jordy, next. He's been a star on the hardwood and in the broadcast chair. So what's the secret to the Blonde Bomber's success? Easy. Taking time to work on his tan. You look marvelous. Back to more of the tanned and talented Jordy Holtberg on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, welcome back. Normally we have this um, fun segment on a Wednesday, but because of scheduling and other things, we we couldn't wait. And we got to get it in. So we're doing it today. Um, Our wellness and fitness with Courtney is on a Tuesday. And Courtney Pelequin of um, Anytime Fitness in Scott and in Brobridge is joining us. Good afternoon. How are you? Good afternoon, guys. Oh, look at you. All relaxed. It's such a beautiful day. Like, I wanted to sit outside. I'm at my house. I'm in my my zone. I'm feeling it. I'm loving this day. Life is good. All right. Um, okay. It's crawfish season. Um, we like to get out and about. We like to enjoy our life. I love crawfish. I love that cold beer that goes along with it. But yeah, yeah. so <laughs> we we want to have fun. But can we still have fun and still be fit and well? Yeah, absolutely. That's one of the you know being from South Louisiana. That's one of the biggest um, concerns that people have. Like. They'll come to us and say, hey, look, I really want to get fit and get healthy, but I don't want to give up my fun party lifestyle, which is totally understandable because I like to have fun. I like to, you know, drink my wine. And so we we (laughs) like to give them tips on, okay, let's there's things you can do without and things that you can add into your, you know, your party lifestyle. Okay. All right. So, I mean, I love beer, but, and there's all different kinds of beers, but what is that taboo? Should I stay away from that? Okay. Look, you have to, if you are set on beer, you have to be aware of, um, there's some beers that have 200 plus calories in them. Yes. And there's also the lighter beers, such as right. uh, Miller Lite, uh, McLove Ultra, uh, Bud Light Select. You know, those might be anywhere between 55 to 90 calories. Right. Um, but for the most part, clear liquids like vodka, um, 
mixed with like water or carbonated water. That's that's your that's your go to. That's that's okay. where it's at. So a little vodka soda with a little twist of lime in there. Yeah. Might be the deal. OK, you mentioned wine. Um, mm, I love it. But tell me about the, the pros and the cons there. Okay, so I'm a wine girl, and a lot of people, uh, they think just because they're drinking wine that uh, it's healthier, but there's so many wine that has tons and tons of sugar in it. Right. So you want to stick with like a Pinot Noir, um, something really, really dry. Like right here, I have a, a Fitvine wine. This is like super low on calories, um, hor like hardly any sugar in it at all. So that's your best, that's your best go-to, Okay, like so a dry wine. A red is better than than a white because yes. the white has more sugars, correct? The white has more sugar. Yeah. So a red wine, uh, Pinot Noir is probably your best bet. Right. Um, Some people. <laughs> all right. So we've talked about right beer. We've talked about wine. So let's stick with red wine. Let's stick with uh, vodka clear uh, with maybe a soda or a water. Squeeze some lime for some flavor. I got friends that like the the dirty water, the whiskey stuff. What What's uh, what's your synopsis of that? Well, you know, we try to stay away from whiskey, like the darker, the liquor, okay. the more calories it probably has and, you know, the bad stuff in it. So we do try to like stay away from that stick with the vodka but um but you know what it, there's so much more than that habits come with um you know when you have a late night drinking session a lot of people tend to they overindulge and then they yes. want to have then they want to go they get hungry drive through yeah. at the yeah. end of the night which I'm, i've been guilty of that um so it's more mindfulness also like that late night binge and you want to eat afterwards and eat all this bad stuff so the best thing to do is drink a, if you know, if you know, you're going to go out and party for an LSU tailgate, okay. drink a lot, a lot of water during the day. Okay. And then when you're ready to get that on, like eat a sensible meal and then indulge, but in a, in a, you know, sensible right. way, stay away from the, right. the heavy beers. Uh, right. Yeah. How about, how about have a drink and then have a bottle of water and then have yeah. a drink and then have a bottle of water. And, or and, you can oh, have water mixed with vodka with a little, fruit in there like strawberry or lime right. lemon okay. whatever you like that okay. way you're you're hydrating while you're still living it up and having fun courtney peliquin with um anytime fitness and scott and in bro bridge our weekly segment uh let me ask you this though okay it's easy to say uh yep. don't go to taco bell or don't go to sonic or don't but okay we get hungry what what should we trigger to oh i'm so wanted but no i'm just gonna I, go home I know. I, that's why I think the best thing I, I was talking to my sister today. She's a big health and uh, fitness guru. She lives in Houston. Okay. And we, we talk about this because me and my sister, we, we like to have a good time. You know, right. we, we like to party. We like to have fun. But we are also big into health and fitness. And um, the biggest thing that we can say is make sure you drink a lot of water and eat a sensible meal before you even go out. Okay. Okay. And that way you're at least a little bit full. You're kind of hydrated and you might not be more likely to go and indulge. But um, the make it a point to stay away from fast food. Like if you right. can commit to no fast food, it makes it easier because that's Isn't where everybody it? gravitates towards after Absolutely. a night of <laughs> That late night pizza or whatever. I understand. Yes. yes. yes Been yes, there, yes, done yes. that, got the postcard. Have but something ready on the side of your bed. Some okay. like some nuts or some, you know, something that's like if healthier you have but to. filling. Okay, gotcha. Is yeah, is, yeah, that, yeah. is is it an urban legend that 
I should eat my dinner earlier rather than later? Is that from a digestive standpoint? Is that better for your health and fitness? Okay, look, I'm not a certified nutritionist, but right. I have learned a lot throughout our careers. And, you know, I've been fortunate to learn a lot through um, our experiences. But I would say the earlier you eat, the better, yeah. you know, try to stay at, not eating thing after 8 p.m. Um, you know, I'm not going to go into the science of it, but right, yeah, right. It's, that's the, better. Earlier sure. is better. Okay, so in summation, um, a beer is okay, but let's stick with the light ones. Um, vodka is really good. Red wine <laughs> is really good in moderation. Stay away from the dark, heavy stuff, right? Right. And also, yeah. you know, so many guys like to go to Hooters and all these different places and watch the game and get the beer and the wings. I mean, Ooh, look, guys, we want a guy who's going to stay fit and take care of himself. So let's try to not lean towards, you know, yeah. the wings and the beer. Like there's different things you can do and still have fun in moderation. My gosh, I love your house. I want to go do my show live from your house right there. Well, yeah, let's do it. And we could dive in the pool afterwards. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I'm, sit I'm sitting right in front of the pool right now and right in front of the golf course. So, uh, yeah, let's do it. Girl. Let's do it. Let's and do it. And we can cheers with some healthy drinks. Absolutely. Some, Courtney uh, Deliquin, some... our uh, health, uh, wellness, fitness, health, and all that kind of stuff. Remember, drink in moderation. Okay. Have fun. Stay hydrated. But but do it smartly. Courtney, yes. thank you. Let's uh we'll we'll be in touch and we'll do this again ASAP, okay? All right. Thank you. Glad Terrific job. You. Terrific thank you guys. job. That's Courtney Pelican with uh, Anytime Fitness, our wellness and fitness segment here on the Jordy Helper Show. Our number one's in the books. Our number two straight ahead. Lots of uh, NBA talk and lots of football talk. The Saints whoo, playing a little Russian roulette, trying to get a quarterback. It's all coming your way. Our number two of the Jordy Helper Show here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 103, 1041 Lake Charles. We are South Louisiana Sports Station. I'm, I'm excited. I want to go swimming now. I want to go eat crawfish and, yeah, all that stuff. We'll be back. Stay with us. Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. Streaming live on 1037 The Game mobile app and online at 1037thegame.com. This is the Jordy Holtberg Show. Hey, baby, we're going to be here all day. Call us up at 337-706-0111. I like this kind of party. Now, here's your host, Jordy Holtberg. Hour number two of two, and away we go on this Tuesday, March 15th, the year 2022. We'll still talk a lot about the New Orleans Saints here shortly, but we begin hour number two talking about the New Orleans Pelicans as they take on the um, front-running Western Division-leading Phoenix Suns tonight. Um, Christian Clark covers the Pels for... Um, NOLA.com, Times-Picayune, and uh, he joins us now. Hey, Christian, how you been, buddy? Hey, man, I've, I've been pretty good. It's uh, It's been pretty interesting to watch this team over the course of the season. I've uh, 
writing them off after 15 games said this is a lost <laughs> season. But, uh, hey, the invention of this playing tournament means you're never really out of it. Absolutely. And it's so good that the NBA did that. It gives you, like you said, it gives you something to to hope for, to work toward. Are we hoping that C.J. McCollum has progressed enough to play again? Yep, it looks like he's going to be in the lineup tonight. Um, he's missed, I guess, the past two games uh, with the health and safety protocols. Um, this right. was just about the fewest games he could have missed while, while, you know, after testing positive for COVID. So, you know, a little bit of a tough break there. But, yeah, it's it's good news for the Pelicans. I mean, we talked to him at shoot-around today, and you know, he said he had some mild symptoms, but he's feeling a lot better. And, uh, yeah, he's been medically cleared to be in there. Uh, C.J. McCollum against Devin Booker. That's worth the price of admission. Still no Brandon Ingram because uh, he's going to be out for a while with that hamstring, correct? Yeah, that's right. Um, I still don't have a great sense of how close he is. Um, I mean, I, I think that, you know, at earliest, he's, he could be available in Friday's game against the San Antonio Spurs, but wow. that might even be a little bit optimistic. Um, you know, the, the hamstrings, they're just... They're just You're kind right. of tricky, and it was kind of a weird one, too, because he played like 40 minutes against Denver. That was when the injury occurred, that overtime loss to the Denver Nuggets, and mm-hmm. it was just something that started bothering him afterwards. He got an MRI, um, but yeah, that's a, you know, it's, a, it's looking like it's going to be a fairly significant injury, but I mean, it's not like it's going to keep him out for the rest of the season or anything like that, but right. yeah, it's going to cost him some games. God, right when this, the the Pels had a chance with some very winnable games, they lose their two key players, and that's hard to overcome. But they did get a blowout win against uh, Houston. Valanciunas was uh, man; he put up some numbers, didn't he? Yeah, and what I liked about the game was, I mean, it was that was like an old school back to the basket. Like I'm just going to turn you into mashed potatoes game. Right, um, it was. As JV and uh, Christian Wood, who, if you're a hardcore Pelicans fan, you know, yeah. was briefly a member of the New Orleans Pelicans. There's kind of a whole thing of like, oh, why didn't the Pelicans retain him? The Pelicans were like, well, he never showed up on time, yada, yada. Um, you know, I think that looked kind of bad for them initially, and that now it looks pretty good for them. I mean, it just doesn't really look like he's much of a winning player. Um, but, yeah, that was that was old school to me, man. I mean, that was just you know, a bigger center uh, imposing his will on a smaller center. <laughs> Christian Clark uh, covers the Pels for NOLA.com. Okay, give me the uh, give me the feedback. You, you've seen Zion. Uh, he is back in town. He is with the team. Uh, how does he look? Is he doing anything at shoot-arounds? Just give me, the, give me the status report on Zion Williamson. Yeah, I mean, honestly, there's not – to me, there's not that much more to report besides the fact that he's just around the team again. I mean, to be honest, okay. the sense I get is that he's not he's not doing a whole lot right now in the rehab process in terms of running, cutting, jumping. Like right. he's not even doing one on zero on the court, let alone you know three on three, four on four, five on five. Um, you know, he's he's like every time we walk in practice, shoot around at the end, he's just kind of like getting up jumpers. I mean, as far as I can tell. That's about the extent of it right now. It's just like getting up jumpers, some extremely light work. And I mean, more than anything, he's just around the guys again. I mean, when I, you know, when I talk to people on team, I, I would say there's pessimism that he'll be back in the court this season. You know, they don't want to rule it out and say 100%, but mm-hmm. that's, that's definitely what I detect is just pessimism that he plays this season. 
Um, I'm curious when when he walked out and sat on the bench. What was uh, what was the crowd's reaction? Yeah, I mean, I I think like no people in New Orleans, man, it's it's easy to get them on your side, you know. And I think they're uh, forgiving, loving, accepting people. So I thought it was a good reaction from the crowd. I mean, I think he's generally been embraced by the people in New Orleans. I think okay. for the most part, the teammates have. Uh, you know, I, I think they've welcomed him back. I mean, I think generally there's a recognition that, like, if you just get the healthy, bought-in version of them, this could be an extremely scary team next season. You know, like, shoot, maybe this is a team that contends for home court advantage in the the first round of the playoffs. Um, but that's an enormous if, you know. And right. I, don't, I don't know if we're ever going to see, uh, you know, a, a, a in-shape, bought-in version of Zion here. I mean, I, I truly just don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think, honestly, I think some of his students were definitely not thrilled that he just pieced out on the team, basically. Like, I don't think that was cool, but they understand, like, we need this guy. Yeah. Uh, Christian Clark, kind enough to join us. The Pels are, um, man, they, compared to the teams that they're competing with, they've won five of their last 10, Portland uh, and San Antonio, three of their last 10. The Lakers, even worse, only two of their last 10 have they won. They're really, really reeling. I think, I mean, they're just a game behind the Lakers. They're a game and a half ahead of the Trailblazers. They're solidly in that 10th spot right here, right now, with some winnable games although tonight might not be classified as one of those because the Suns are 54 and 14. They're uh, 29 and eight on the road. They're really, really good. But um, I think it's legitimate possibility that the Pelicans usurp the Lakers and, and get the ninth spot if they play well. I, I don't think there's uh, I don't think that's not within the realm of possibilities by any stretch. No, I think that's fair. And, you know, if you look at all, like, the, the fancy projection models, like 538, basketball reference, all those, they all think that the Pelicans can pass them. I mean, if you're a Pelicans fan, you, you might <laughs> you might be skeptical because you've seen this story a lot of different times and uh, right. never really works out the Pelicans' way. But, I mean, man, they, they should be able to. I mean, the Lakers are just a disaster. I mean, just mm-hmm. a disaster. I keep waiting for... Russ to shut it down or, or something like that. It just hasn't happened yet. Um, it doesn't seem like LeBron is going to just to, you know, more than anything, like continue adding to his stats. Um, but I, I think it's doable, man. And man, that's what I'm rooting for because I, I just want to see a one game Pelicans versus Lakers here and, and Anthony Davis yeah. here and playing. I just, I just want to see the atmosphere. Have you seen um, kind of an emergence of Trey Murphy? Is he starting to get some more run out there? Yeah, he's been in there a little bit more with these injuries that they've, they've dealt with lately. I mean, that that blowout loss the other night, um, you know, I guess you could say it was kind of a breakout game for him. He had 32 points, hit seven threes. Um, you know, he even made a comment afterwards. He felt like it kind of was getting the monkey off his back because he just hasn't really had a whole lot of games this season where he shot the three ball well. Um, so I think it was great for him to see some shots go down, but I do think he looks, you know, better. And, and I mean, uh-huh. I, I think he really is a player like Pelicans management and, and Willie Green too remains high on. I mean, I think he was a name that was, you know, at least discussed in that trade with Portland. I think Portland, you know, maybe would have liked to, to bring him in there. And, and the Pelicans said, no, we're going to hold on to him. Um, so yeah. I think 
you know, that that shows you how much they value him there. They didn't want to give up on him to give up to get CJ. Uh, we know how great McCullum's been. He's been terrific. Of the other players involved in that trade, who's surprised you the most? Who's who's been the biggest contributor? Um, I mean, Josh Hart's been going crazy in Portland. Like he's just single-handedly won them a couple games, so that surprised me a little bit. Um, you know, Tony Snell has some Pelicans. nice games off the bench. He hasn't been in the rotation lately, but I will say something that's been surprising to me is. Larry Nance, uh, you know, I reported right after that trade, he was going to have to have arthroscopic surgery on his knee. Um, right. It looks like he's going to be back sooner than expected. Like, I think in I the like next him. few days here, the Pelicans play this, they play this stay head game before, you know, it's basically like the end of bench guys playing like a four-on-four four full-court game, uh, uh-huh. you know, a couple hours before the real game, and that's a way for them to just, like, stay in game shape. I think he'll be right. a part of that game uh, in the next, like, few days here, which is a sign that, he could be back, uh, you know, a, a lot sooner than we think. I mean, I think it wouldn't even be crazy to see him like returning to the court around the same around the same time Brandon Ingram does. And I think Larry Nance, like once he gets his legs under him, he'll be a rotation piece for the Pelicans. Oh yeah, yeah, he's good. He's good. Um, I give the Pel- I, I, maybe I'm got blinders on, but and maybe the Suns went to Harris over last night. Whatever. I give the I give the Pels with McCollum coming back a puncture shot tonight. Uh, a win over Phoenix would um, would take away some of those bad losses that they've had. Get them right back on track, and maybe Jackson Hayes has a slam dunk contest in the future with what he did against Houston. That was uh, that was pretty cool. Oh man, that was that was incredible. I mean, I was sitting on the main concourse. I I lost my mind. I mean, it. You know, it's, I've kind of felt this way for three years. Like if Jackson just learns how to play basketball, and I don't say that yes. disparagingly, like he's going to be really, really good. It's just like is that is that light bulb going to go off? There's kind of been some signs a little bit, uh, but like you really. I mean, the athleticism is just off the charts. It's just insane. I feel like he's, like, made of rubber or something. I mean, he just doesn't move like the rest of us move. That's right. Yeah, he can run. He can jump. If he just learns, you're you're exactly right. He's got to learn how to play the game. And uh, they've certainly worked with him, and they've certainly given him opportunities. And he's making the best of it now, so we'll see. All right, Christian Clark, uh, go have fun in the uh, Smoothie King Center. Suns, Pelicans tonight. McCullum is back. Uh, No Chris Paul, no Brandon Ingram, but you got – McCullum versus Booker, that's, yeah, I mean, it doesn't get much better than that, man. It just doesn't. Uh, yes, sir. Two two guys who play uh, some beautiful basketball. They do. All right, buddy. Thank you so much. Enjoy the game tonight, and uh, let's see if the Pels can uh, leapfrog the Lakers and get to the ninth spot. I think it's very, very doable, and if I had to bet a Diet Coke on it, I would say they would. We'll see. Christian, thank you so much, buddy. All right, man. See you for that playing game, uh, Pelicans-Lakers here. I'll be there, man. I'll be there. Thank you. <laughs> All right. The uh, the Hangout Music Festival is returning this summer to Gulf Shores in the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles has your tickets to this epic weekend of music. You can score VIP passes by becoming a member of the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Don't miss the return of Hangout Music Fest featuring Post Malone, 
Halsey, Megan the Stallion, and much, much more. That's Hangout Music Fest, May 20th to the 22nd in Gulf Shores. Win VIP passes from the game, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Bob Rose, Saints News Network. Lots to talk about with the New Orleans Saints. Russian roulette for a quarterback, and the Saints lost to safe. All that and more when we return to the Jordy Helpert Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. March 15th, 2018. New Orleans Saints owner Tom Benson passes away at the age of 90. The New Orleans native and dynamic business leader helped mold the team into a model franchise and one respected league-wide. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. And we are back at 18 minutes after the hour on this um, Tuesday, March the 15th. It's legal tampering time around the NFL and lots of things are happening. So let's get the black and gold report. Let's not miss a second. Let's do it. It's time for Jordy to march into some New Orleans Saints talk with Saints News Network's Bob Rose. Here is the Black and Gold Report with Bob Rose. Here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. It's the league that just keeps on giving and giving. And Bob, we are very, very pleased with that. Good afternoon, my friend. How are you? Good afternoon, sir. I am doing well. I hope you are doing well also, my friend. Uh, To my knowledge, neither of our agents have reached out to us and told us that the Jacksonville Jaguars have signed us. But they're signing everybody else, so who knows? Speak for yourself, big fella. There's uh, We're in negotiations as we speak. All right. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens, uh, as anticipated, have uh, snatched Marcus Williams to a $70 million contract. Break it down for me, and what does this mean for the Saints? Uh, well, uh, you're right. Uh, the, the, the Ravens have agreed uh, in principle the deal won't become official until 4 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they are signing Marcus Williams to a five-year deal uh, worth a reported $70 million, uh, which I believe will make Marcus Williams the highest paid safety on the market. Uh, he's a good fit for their defense for sure. Yeah. Uh, one of the better defenses in the AFC, if not the NFL. But I'll tell you that uh, that creates a huge void on the back end of the New Orleans Saints defense. Uh, and those safeties, uh, those free agent safeties are starting to come off the market faster and faster. Uh, yeah, so yeah, New Orleans, in my opinion, they cannot sit pat uh, because this very quickly, the safety position very quickly could go from a position of strength yeah. uh, into a huge weakness in a matter of just a couple of hours. Yeah, $37 million in guaranteed money. The Saints declined to use the franchise tag on Williams for a second consecutive year. That's a move that would have cost the Saints around almost $13 million against this year's salary cap. So you got to give, you got to take a little bit. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But the other big story, of course, is the Deshaun Watson situation. Uh, apparently the Saints met with him yesterday, as did the Carolina Panthers. And now the word is out that the Atlanta Falcons are also in the fray and going to have a meeting with him on Wednesday. Um, 
your thoughts on the Saints? I, I, I it surprised me that they were involved in it. I, I think if Sean Payton were the coach, they wouldn't have touched it with a ten foot pole. But he's not the coach, and and Dennis Allen is, and and so take take me through this and what your thoughts are. I, yeah, I think you're right about Sean Payton uh, and Dennis Watson, uh, but you're also obviously correct in that Dennis Allen uh, is the uh, is the man in charge of personnel decisions now. Uh, and you know, the, the Saints, along with the Panthers, both made official trade offers to the Houston Texans, uh, word that leaked out on Sunday. Uh, now, you know, Watson, since uh, since his meeting last night with both Carolina and New Orleans, uh, he's also had a meeting with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, okay. And as you pointed out, we'll have a meeting with the Atlanta Falcons tomorrow. Uh, we don't know what the Saints' specific offer was, uh, but I got to believe that it's very similar to the compensation that the Denver Broncos had to give up for Russell Wilson. Uh, you know, which was two first round picks, two second round picks, uh, and, you know, three starting caliber players. Uh, I'd be very interested to see what the Saints official offer is. Uh, And I hope to God that this situation is resolved soon uh, because there's another quarterback sitting out there uh, by the name of Jameis Winston. It's also perfectly capable of leading your team to the playoffs. Uh, this is, in my opinion, it's a very dangerous game of quarterback chicken uh, that the Saints are playing right now. Mm-hmm. Look, I get I get gauging the interest for Watson and trying to make a run for him. It's a matter of opinion as far as whether you think the Saints are going to give up too much or whether a franchise quarterback is worth it. That's a matter of opinion. What I'm more concerned about is if they lose out on the Deshaun Watson sweepstake, that they're going to drag their feet and wait too long and they're going to lose Jameis Winston too. And if those two things happen, it'll happen simultaneously, and it'll be time for the Saints to press the panic button uh, at the quarterback position for this team in 2022. He's a a great talent, all right? But there's there's the the off-the-field issues. They've got to have been in touch with the league and saying – Okay, what do you think is going? What are you going to do with this guy? All the criminal charges have been pushed aside. Now he's got a whole bunch of civil charges. I mean, are you going to suspend him? You're going to put hold him out for five weeks? I mean, what do you do? And what do you do? They they've had they had conversations, right? You bet. You better hope so, uh, because I got news for you. I for one would be absolutely infuriated uh, if the Saints brought in somebody like Deshaun Watson. Uh, and then got hit with a you know, six, eight, ten game suspension right, right. based off of these allegations. Uh, and, and look, let's not sweep these allegations under the rug. Uh, I know say social media is literally at war with each other right now. You know, Jordy, you and I are both fathers of daughters. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm not going to pretend to be judge, jury and executioner. I'm not going to pretend that I've been in a courtroom to know the exact nature of these allegations and where they stand legally. But, you know, as a human being, let alone any kind of parent, uh, you have to be concerned that the Saints are showing interest uh, in this sort of situation. Now, I agree with you. you This front office, uh, especially with a woman owner in the way way of Mrs. Benson, uh, I do have confidence that they have done their due diligence. Uh, But in my opinion, the NFL, the league office, needs to be very more forthright uh, about their intended punishment exactly. of Watson, regardless of where he's going to end up. And maybe they already have, but and they, they're keeping that privy to themselves and whoever is involved in the circle, 
that that asks and inquires. I've got to believe that, uh, and we'll see. Um, Mitch Trubisky goes to Pittsburgh. I was worried Jameis Winston to Pittsburgh, um, and that was going to happen pretty quickly. But obviously, that's not the case. So maybe some of Jameis's leverage has fallen back in the Saints' advantage because I thought earlier he had all the leverage on his side. He had the majority of the leverage on his side, yeah, and I was with you. Uh, Pittsburgh and Washington were the two teams I was most worried about, uh, you know, being able to pry Jameis Winston away from New Orleans once free agency hit. Uh, Washington has Carson Wentz now, and like you pointed out, Pittsburgh signed Mitchell Trubisky. Now, everybody, you know, with any kind of football sense knows that Jameis Winston is heads and shoulders above Mitchell Trubisky, uh, but the Steelers obviously wanted to get a starting experienced quarterback uh, in their system relatively quickly. Um, that leaves, as we stand right now, that leaves you know, Seattle, yep. Indianapolis, yep. uh, and you could safely say Houston uh, and potentially Philadelphia as teams that would be in the market for a Jameis Winston uh, you know, if the Saints don't get him back, either cannot sign him or would not sign him. So Jameis still does have some leverage, uh, but that leverage certainly kind of frittered itself away. Uh, when as soon as Trubisky signed with the Steelers, would you make a trade, Jameis Winston to Philly for Jalen Hurts? Jalen no. Hurts pretty good. Yeah, yeah, he's darn good. And I tell you what, he'd be in the Hall of Fame if he could play the Saints defense every week. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, exactly. Uh, Jalen Hurts has potential. I think he needs, uh, you know, he needs the right kind of coaching uh, and the right kind of offensive system structure uh, okay. to really be able to flourish. Uh, and I, th- I did think he made some progress last year as a passer. Uh, but, uh, you know, to me, you know, Jalen Hurts uh, in the New Orleans Saints offense as it stands right now, you might as well run with Taysom Hill because you're talking very similar, uh, you have different styles of runners, but a very similar conceptual type of player. Uh, you know, so, no, I don't think I would make that trade off. Um. This is going to have to happen pretty quickly, I would think, this quarterback situation. Um, I can't see it lingering on, uh, but who knows? I don't know. Um, meanwhile, Saints need wide receivers, and the best player on the New Orleans Pelicans basketball team, C.J. McCollum, is reaching out to former LSU Tiger and Cleveland Brown Jarvis Landers saying, come on back home. Come back home. We'll, we'd love to have you. I'll come watch you play. Would, would Jarvis Landry be a fit? Or is he too much like Michael Thomas? He would be a fit because he is a lot like Michael Thomas. Uh, okay. you know, the, the Saints offense, they like to work the intermediate uh, routes and you know, beat down a defense sideline to sideline while taking selective deep shots. Uh, you know, Landry isn't the type of guy similar to Thomas that's going to be necessarily your prototypical deep threat. But don't sweat on these guys' athleticism either. They're NFL wide receivers mm-hmm. and beat a defense deep. But they make their big bucks in between the hashes uh, and along the sideline. So I do think that Jarvis Landry would be a big fit. But I also believe that Jarvis Landry would ask for a relatively high contract. We've seen some of these ridiculous free agent wide receivers uh, you know, contracts thus far in the first mm-hmm. couple of days. Uh, and to me, that's why I've said all along that as much as – a, a as big a need as wide receiver is for the Saints, I would prefer to see them address that with an early draft pick and then turn around uh, or uh, and first turn around and sign a free agent tight end. 
my opinion, you could get a top tier tight end for financially around the same amount that you would get a mid middle of the road wide receiver. Uh, okay. But the, the Saints are gonna, just going to drag their feet on every kind of other personnel decision until this quarterback situation gets resolved. All the more reason why it needs okay. to happen quickly. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Um, any good tight ends out there for the taking? Oh yeah, tons. Uh, favorite, two favorites of mine uh, is a former teammate of Jameis Winston uh, in Tampa Bay. OJ Howard is still okay. available. Uh, Hayden Hurst is one heck of a receiver for the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Falcons aren't going to re-sign him. They have Kyle Pitts. Uh, you know, Gerald Everett uh, was an accomplished, underrated receiver with the Rams and then Seahawks last year. Uh, and then you have uh, you know uh, Ro- uh, Rogers' friend out of Green Bay, Robert Tanyan, uh, is still on the free agent market as well. Any of those guys, in my opinion, uh, you know, it would be top-tier receivers for the New Orleans Saints offense. Okay, let's take a quick time out here. When we come back, um, you predicted it. You said he he would be back, and and Tom Brady is back. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Aaron Rodgers' contract is uh, has been made known to everyone. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that, and some of the other moves that are taking place. Some of the surprises, um, not surprising. Andrew Whitworth is retiring. Uh, won a Super Bowl, and after all those years, he's going out on top. We'll continue the Black and Gold Report with my main man. Bob Rose of the Saints News Network after this timeout on the Jordy Heltberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Stick with us. The Jordy Holberg Show prides itself on settling for nothing less than the best. This thing has a variety of nauseating aspects to it. Jordy has the best takes, the best guests, and let's be honest, the best nickname. The Blonde Bomber is cool as hell. I agree. All right. Let's play ball. Back to only the best on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Black and Gold Report with my good friend, Bob Rose, from the Saints News Network. We found out that Marcus Williams is going to be a Baltimore Raven, so there's a, a safety position opening, and the, and the Saints are after Deshaun Watson, as are the Carolina Panthers, the Atlanta Falcons, the Cleveland Browns. He's got that no-trade clause, so he can decide who he wants to go to, and he can veto anything else. But I think it's safe to say he will not be a Houston Texan. Um Bob, timetable, not to not to repeat ourselves, but for those just checking in, um, this is Tuesday. Deals can be consummated tomorrow. Is there a is there a new Saint quarterback tomorrow, you think? Uh, if it happens tomorrow, uh, it would be late, uh, you know, sure. late in the day or, uh, or evening. Uh, I'm thinking more along the lines of Thursday or Friday uh, where this where the Deshaun Watson situation gets resolved. I uh, know obviously that that would mean a new a new New Orleans Saints quarterback if he goes to the Saints. Uh, if Watson goes elsewhere, it might take a couple more days to say pursue a Jameis Winston and get him to uh, agreeable to a contract. Uh, and like we said before the break, uh, if they if this team misses out on both Watson and Winston, uh, they're in deep deep trouble for the position. Yeah, boy, it is a uh, whew, Russian roulette here, boy. This is uh, this is scary territory. I wonder why Seattle wouldn't be uh, interested in him, or is it Deshaun Watson doesn't want to go up to the Great Northwest? I've not heard anything one way or another 
mm-hmm. you know, Jordy. Um, you know, you know, Seattle has a boatload of picks, so they have the resources uh, to make a deal for Watson. Uh, now, Houston reportedly wants uh, you know at least two starting caliber players to go along with that deal, uh, and a team like Seattle just simply doesn't have the depth, uh, you know, to withstand a hit like that, like the you know, the New Orleans Saints. Uh, or to some extent, depending on the positions, uh, the Carolina Panthers would. Uh, yeah, so I got a question, resources there. If you're Deshaun Watson and you're looking at the teams, okay, um, don't the Saints have more to offer from a winning perspective than the Carolina Panthers? Yeah, absolutely. Not only on the field, uh, but in their, uh, in their front office structure uh, right. and just the way they've gone about team building. Uh, you know, not only early in the Sean Payton area era, uh, but we saw them rebuild, uh, reload rather, uh, you know, in, a, in the la- last part of this past decade. Uh, you know, so if I'm a player like Deshaun Watson, uh, and I really do want to concern myself with winning and pursuing a, a championship consistently, I would have to say the New Orleans Saints would sit at the top of my wish list. I'm with you. Um, Tom Brady returns. Um, what, what do you, what, what do you make of all that? I don't know where to start. We talked about it two or three weeks ago, yeah. uh, as you pointed out before the break, um, both you or you and I threw out there that we sort of expected him to return. My reasoning is this was this, uh, I think Tom decided to sit back. Uh, he gave the Buccaneers an uh, opening to pursue another quarterback if they wished. Uh, but the Buccaneers were also poised to lose a whole lot of free agent talent, uh, you know, on their roster. Right. Uh, I believe the Tampa, the Tom would come back uh, if Tampa Bay would be able to withstand those losses and either a keep them from happening or b replenish them quickly. Uh, and we saw the Buccaneers restructure a bunch of bunch of deals. They franchise tag Chris Godwin, uh, his offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich did not leave for a head coaching job, so he'll be back. In other words, much of the same continuity which led the Buccaneers to the playoffs in the last two seasons, and of course the Super Bowl title has remained in place. Uh, you know, so Tom and yeah, you know, there's no doubt that Brady could still play uh, at a pretty high level. We saw that last year. Uh, you know, that. That's why I believe that Tom made the decision to come back uh, because, you know, the Buccaneers have made some deft and you know, decisive moves to keep a lot of that talent in place. Yep. A lot like the Saints have uh, have been able to do the last previous uh, previous couple of years. Uh, you know, so Brady still believes he can win a championship, in other words. Um, the Bucks addressed a need at guard today. They got Shaq Mason from the New England Patriots and a former LSU who hardly ever played, but um, with no Antonio Brown, the Bucks had a big drop off at the number three receiver spot behind Mike Evans and Chris Godwin coming off that injury. So Russell Gage goes to the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks after he had back-to-back 700 plus yards for the Atlanta Falcons. So Russell Gage making a spot for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Saints need a wide receiver. What, how come we're not doing anything? Everybody's doing something, and the Saints aren't doing anything. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, Russell Gage was near the top of my list uh, you know, for affordable free agent wideouts. Yeah. Uh, Tampa Bay got themselves a good one. Uh, you know, Like we said before break, I never believed that the Saints would pursue one of the big-name free agent wideouts. Uh, I believe that if they if they bring in any free agent wide receiver, it's going to be you know, middle-tier, at least according to fan perception, uh, you know, middle-tier, 
uh, or a veteran guy just looking you know, to, to pursue a championship in his last couple of years. One of those two type of guys. Uh, so it's those type of players that you don't often see get signed within the first couple of days of free agency uh, because uh, all the contracts that we have seen are just out of this world. Uh, the Saints have avoided doing that kind of thing for the most part. And you can't argue with the success that they've had, uh, you know, even being able to bring in free agents. Uh, I look to see a couple of names, uh, you know, ink contracts with the Saints by the time we hit this weekend uh, okay. after the first wave of spending spree is done. Uh, but I won't lie. Uh, you know, according to my own free agent wish list that I made up at uh, you know, the different positions I perceived of need, uh, I'm getting a little bit more frustrated as I'm seeing these names come off the board, too. <laughs> I mean, the Saints are going to make moves. There's no question about it. Uh, but I don't see them throwing a ton of money at any one or two specific players. Um, back to Deshaun Watson. Why, why are the Atlanta Falcons interested? Uh, what does that tell you about Matt Ryan? Are they going to try and deal him somewhere or... Um, do you think they have Matt Ryan as a as a quick starter because they expect for Deshaun Watson to miss some games, so they don't want to have no quarterback in play? And then once Deshaun Watson comes, whoop, Matt Ryan goes to the bench. Deshaun Watson gets on the field, and they do something along. I, what, what's your logic behind it? Uh, I can't see that latter happening because you you simply can't afford. No team can afford to uh, to have two forty million dollar quarterbacks on the books. Uh, Obviously, if the Atlanta Falcons have legitimate interest in Deshaun Watson, you could certainly see why as a player because of his talent, uh, then they're then they're clearly ready to move on from Matt Ryan. Uh, And you're comparing a 26 year old Deshaun Watson to what, a 30, 38 year old Matt Ryan. No, Uh, there's no comparison here. Uh, If the if the Falcons have the wherewithal and the resources to pull off this deal, Matt Ryan will most certainly be on the move. Uh, and, you know, Watson reportedly has personal interest in the Falcons. He did grow up about an hour away from yeah. Atlanta, played yeah. high school football in Gainesville, Georgia. Uh, you know, so there could be some legitimate personal interest there on Deshaun Watson's part. And again, the Saints have uh, so much more to offer from a winning perspective. I'll go back to Tom Brady. I, I got a funny feeling, not only all the things that you said, but I'm thinking he's going, he's looking and going, all right, who's the quarterback for the Saints? Who's the quarterback for Carolina? I ain't got no worth it worries about Atlanta and Matt Ryan. I, I can just walk in here. We can win this division like easy, get a first round by, and I got a chance to to win another Super Bowl. I think that had something to play in it as well. Uh, I'm just saying, if if the deals were made and 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 you know Pat Mahomes came to the NFC South and Russell Wilson came to the NFC South, maybe Tom Brady says, you know what, this retirement ain't so bad. Yeah, yeah, and I got to believe that there is a lot to that. Uh, you know, Tom Brady cares about winning championships because it cements his legacy. Uh, and I, I don't blame him there from a competitive aspect. Uh, but if this NFC South division were shaping up like the AFC West is starting to, or looks like the NFC West has in the last couple of years, yeah, I think that Tom Brady might uh, might be a little bit more content in retirement. But I do believe that Brady thinks that he still can win a, uh, a legitimately have a shot at another Super Bowl title with this Tampa Bay team, the way it's constructed right now. And that's why I expected him to come out of retirement all along. I mean, the saints weren't very good. They were still nine and eight. Atlanta was seven and 10. Carolina was five and 12. I mean, 
God, Tampa Bay just ran away with the thing. Um, and, and they're the prohibitive favorite again, right? I mean, they got the guy back. He's the best quarterback in the division by far. Uh, I think that has something to do with the Saints and their interest in Deshaun Watson. I really do. Oh, yeah, it sure does. Uh, and, you know, the way this league has been constructed, certainly for the last uh, decade, decade and a half, uh, you win with franchise quarterbacks. Uh, and you know, Saints fans, you're going to have to understand that if the Saints are able to get Deshaun Watson, they're going to have to give up some top-end players and certainly top-end draft picks to do it. But again, you're talking about a 26-year-old generational talent. If you can get by all the legal stuff, and I'm you know, I'm trying to zip my lip as much as I, I can on that, uh, because I'm not a lawyer. Uh, yeah, if he's cleared of all this, you do have an outstanding talent on the football field. Uh, but yeah, you know, if you look over at Tampa Bay and you see the way their roster is constructed and now they're getting uh, you know, TB12 back. If you're the Saints, you have to sit, you know, sit there and say to yourself, we need a quarterback to compete with Tom Brady. And when Brady goes, we need a, a quarterback that's going to keep us at the top of the heat for the foreseeable future. If the Cleveland Browns win the Deshaun Watson um, rally or whatever lottery. Would you take Baker Mayfield as a Saints quarterback? Uh, I would if it meant that I couldn't get back Jameis Winston. Okay. Uh, I would still take Winston over Baker Mayfield. Uh, and it, you know, it's the same with the Atlanta situation. If Atlanta gets to Sean Watson and Matt Ryan is all of a sudden available, I would I would take Matt Ryan. Uh, if I couldn't get Jameis Winston too, if you're the Saints, you almost have no choice. You again, you know, just like Tampa Bay, you have a roster constructed to win right now. Uh, I personally don't have any confidence in any of the first round, you know, uh, uh, quarterbacks that are going to be overdrafted this year. Uh, and you look at the free agent market is market uh, as far as who's left is Marcus Mariota. The answer, Tyrod Taylor, Andy Dalton. Uh, the answer to me mm -hmm. is a definitive no. No. Uh, you know, nothing more than a caretaker spot yeah. at best. Uh, you know, so if you have an opportunity to get a Baker Mayfield or a Matt Ryan or trade for a Jimmy Garoppolo, if you can't get Watson or re-sign Winston, you have to do it if you're the New Orleans Saints. Why haven't the Cincinnati Bengals latched up uh, Teron Armstead already? I don't know, man. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's shocking to me. That was a slam dunk move as far as I was concerned. Uh, you know, to my knowledge, the Bengals haven't reached an agreement with any offensive lineman on the market yet. Uh, and I do find it extremely encouraging that uh, Armstead is still out there to be signed. Uh, yeah. A player of his talent usually comes off of the board pretty quickly, and it hasn't happened yet. Hmm. Okay. Um, golly. I don't know what the Saints are going to do. I'm, uh, we lost a good player. We're trying to find a quarterback, and nothing else is out there that I know of. Do, are you hearing anything else? No. No, I am not. Uh, and like I said, yeah, I don't think the Saints are going to do anything free agency-wise uh, until the, this Watson situation gets itself resolved okay. one way or another. What uh, percentage and do you give it? What what percentage do you give Deshaun Watson being the quarterback for the Saints? Based off of the other teams that are at least vocally interested uh, that we know of, I I think the chances are pretty good. Um, okay. And you know I, I can see New Orleans getting Watson for again similar a similar Russell Wilson deal, two firsts, okay. uh, you know either two seconds or a second and a third, uh, and a, a lineman like Eric McCoy and a top end defender 
uh, that's still on a rookie contract like Chauncey Gardner Johnson. And Oof. no, I don't want to see that happen. Uh, but Chauncey Gardner Johnson, uh, Peyton Turner, David Onyemata, one of those three uh, you know, would be included in a deal too. Uh, the tough pills to swallow. Uh, and of the, all those names I just mentioned, Gardner Johnson would be the last player I would be willing to part with because you just lost Marcus Williams. Yep. Malcolm Jenkins is getting up there and, you know, PJ Williams is still a free agent. So, you know, again, we don't want this safety position to become a huge void uh, like it was for the Saints defenses in the early, uh, in the middle part of last decade. Go get the honey badger. All he yep. does is make plays. He, he makes plays and he wins everywhere he goes. Get him. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, Honey Badger would be a great signing. Marcus May of the Jets is a similar player to Marcus uh, Williams. Uh, Jerquiski Tart uh, for the 49ers. Uh, and if you're going to go with a cheaper veteran with some nice experience, Tashawn Gibson from the Bears is also out there. There's some safety talent out there, but the Saints can't afford to drag their feet much longer. Is there a serviceable veteran wide receiver out there that you get uh, for a reasonable price that would add some uh, some zip, maybe take the top off the defense a little bit? I'm looking at two guys off of the Kansas City Chiefs offense, Byron Pringle and Demarcus Robinson. Okay. Uh, and both of them have shown inconsistencies as far as intermediate targets. Uh, but everybody on that Kansas City offense is they're like a four by 100 meter relay team. Right. Right. You know, so, you know, those guys are going to you know, come fairly inexpensive uh, and they're going to provide a deep threat. Uh, and another guy I have my eye on is Marquez Valdez Scout uh, Scantling from the Packers. Uh, again, sort of a Jarvis Landry, Michael Thomas type of player, a big body underneath, but still a receiving threat. Uh, and keep an eye on Zach Pascal or T.Y. Hilton from the Colts. Too. OK. Okay, uh, but let's let's call it like it is. Prior to having to sit out last season, Deshaun Watson was one of the top five quarterbacks in the league, maybe even higher with his performance and and the numbers he put up. And he was one of the best quarterbacks in all of football. There's no question about it. Uh, you know, in fact, you know, teams were teams were diving headfirst into the draft to try to find the next Deshaun Watson. That's why players like Trey Lance went so high. Uh, that's why players like Justin Fields went so high. They have a similar playing style to Watson. Uh, and I've been a fan of Deshaun's as a player uh, right. you know, since his right. days at Clemson. So there is no doubt that he, by himself, will take your offense to an exponentially higher level. How would that uh, stock up with that 2017 draft? If you, got, if you included him in that draft with all those people, wow, wow. Uh, boy, I'd be uh, that makes it a lot easier to stomach the losses of Trey Hendrickson uh, yeah. and Marcus Williams over yeah. the last couple yeah. of years. <laughs> like well, we will see. Uh, nothing like the flurry of uh, legal tampering and free agency in the NFL. Bob, I know you'll be on top of all of it, man. We look forward to your tweets and all your work with the Saints News Network. Thank you as always, buddy. Terrific job. Thank you, sir. We will talk soon. And thank you, you for everything that you do. You got it. Here's your close on the Black and Gold Report. Tune in next week to the Jordy Holtberg Show for the Black and Gold Report with Bob Rose here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Back to wrap it all up after this timeout. The Jordy Holtberg Show on The Game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana sports station. 
Ready to feel the excitement of the NCAA tournament like never before? Turn your team's victory into your own big win with DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win their game and get $200 in free bets if they do. It's that simple. If they win, you win. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code 1037GAME. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win their game and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code 1037GAME this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, physically present in Louisiana. Availability varies by parish. Eligibility restrictions apply. Minimum $5 deposit. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Licensee partner Golden Nugget, Lake Charles. Gambling problem? Call 1-877-770-STOP. Thank you to um, Adam Spencer. Travis Hines, Courtney Pelican, Christian Clark, Bob Rose. Great job, guys. Um, if today is your birthday, happy birthday. You celebrate yours with 50-year-old Mike Tomlin of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Thanks to all of you for listening in. Thanks to our partners that make it possible. Thank you to James Mesh, my producer. Come on back tomorrow, same time, same stations. Until then, I'm Jordy Helpert. Stay thirsty, my friends. Do everything you can to stay healthy, my friends. And by all means, let's be happy. We'll talk to you tomorrow. So long everybody.